From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. The electronic distribution of this year's permanent fund dividend began yesterday, about a month ahead of the usual payout in early October. It is a payment to all eligible Alaskans that selected direct deposit on their application. Those that filed a paper application or requested a paper check will be distributed starting October 6th. Genevieve Watusik is the director of the Permanent Fund Dividend Division of the Department of Revenue. She spoke to News of the North about the checks that are coming soon. Paper check distribution will start on Thursday, October 6th. That's for any of those Alaskans that filed paper applications or asked for a check versus direct deposit or have been determined eligible since September 16th. And if you run issues, she said this is how to get assistance. If folks have any questions or concerns, they can either stop by the Juneau office in the state office building, or they can call us at 907-269-0370. Our counters are open from, and our phones are open from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., Monday through Friday. The permanent fund amounted to $2,622. Lawmakers added $662 as a one-time benefit to help residents with high energy costs. In a document obtained by News of the North, it shows a second group of registered voters are asking the Huna City Clerk's Office to certify a petition that would allow signatures to be gathered to put a question on the ballot to recall Huna Mayor Gerald Byers. A previous recall petition was rejected by the Huna City Clerk's Office. More can be read at KINYradio.com. The Pulse Gondola has arrived in Juneau and is currently being unpacked at Eagle Crest. The first of 21 containers have been unloaded and will continue to be unloaded over the next week and a half. Ski Area General Manager Dave Scallon spoke to News of the North about it Tuesday. We're very excited. The gondola has now arrived to Juneau. And we are busy getting all of the parts and pieces offloaded. Um, the gondola will be being stored uh, down in the lower Nordic parking lot for this winter. And uh, we're optimistic once we have everything off of the containers and reorganized, we'll still have some parking for the Nordic skiers down there. And uh, then we're deep into the design phase right now of designing exact locations for the gondola support towers and the terminals. The gondola will have a midway loading station on the flats below the ski trail Raven. And uh, then we're optimistic that hopefully by the beginning of next summer, we'll have finished all the engineering and design work and we'll be able to have contracted with some local contracts and be able to start construction in earnest next summer. The gondola was previously located at the Galsterberg Ski Area Resort in Austria. Among the four ballot questions being put to Juno voters this year, Proposition 3 asks voters whether to approve the 1% sales tax extension. Juno Mayor Beth Weldon spoke to that while on the KINY Morning Show. This is to uh, keep the temporary 1% for four or five years, um, but does not raise our sales tax. It remains at 5%, but this just keeps the 1%. And people are still asking about this one, so I thought I'd talk about this. This 1% is given towards the city infrastructure or large capital improvement projects. And if you want to think about it and you go buy something, it's one cent per dollar or one dollar per hundred dollars what you spend. But accumulatively over five years, it adds up to about 60 million. So it gives us quite a bit of money to spend on capital improvement projects. And explain that the funding is used for capital 
improvements, school construction, and other major projects. Deferred maintenance for CPJ and JSD facilities, and that was a big bulk of it. Replacement of the public safety equipment for JPD and CCFR, and this is partial funding for the radio system that people have been talking about. Some redevelopment of Gaston Avenue, Telephone Hill, and the North State Office Building parking garage. We are looking at working with the state and possibly the Capitol Committee on fixing up the North State Office Building. In fact, they've already earmarked $5 million for us from the state. Affordable housing initiative, especially the affordable housing fund, this gives another big chunk to it. Judo Mayor Beth Weldon. Bartlett Regional Hospital's new CEO, David Keith, spoke on Action Line to talk about his vision for the hospital. Keith was the chief strategy officer for McAllister Regional Health Center in Oklahoma. He officially began as CEO at Bartlett on August 15th. In speaking about the fiscal picture of the hospital, Keith highlighted the transition out of COVID funding. We're emerging out of COVID in those years. Um, I think the hospital's been high-centered for a while, uh, leadership transitions and things like that. And I think trying to migrate our way away from the past COVID realm into a new paradigm is going to be difficult. There won't be dependence on COVID funds. We're going to have to look at our costs. As you know, the, the cost of food, the cost of supplies, the cost of labor, everything has gone up, uh, everything but potentially reimbursements to the hospital. So we're going to have to look internally to make sure that if we're going to be the high-quality provider and at the lowest cost, we're going to have to become more efficient and effective in how we service our populace here. Keith said this about services he'd like to see added. I certainly think we could uh, see more robust services in outpatient. I'd like to see more ambulatory surgery uh, uh, offerings. Uh, stronger uh, uh, physician components, uh, not just one doctor providing one service, but uh, maybe two or three so we can grow the, the service line. He underscored cardiac services as a priority. Uh, I'm very, very interested in a uh, cardiac program. I think we could do more with cardiac, and I think that's an opportunity. I know we have oncology, but I think we could do more in the oncology service line as well. Um, I know we have wound care. I'd like to see hyperbarics here possibly in the future. To address staffing needs at the hospital, Keith says there should be a Grow Our Own program. Uh, I'd like to see programs that identify young men and women in high school. And it's a long-term game, but uh, Bartlett should be in the long-term game business. I'd like to identify them, make sure that they get... Uh, access to scholarships and beyond scholarships that they get letters of commitment from the hospital uh, with regard to uh, their potential and if, if it's a good fit, guarantee employment for, for these young men and women. Bartlett Regional Hospital CEO David Keith. On Sunday and Monday, the police department executed multiple search warrants and while executing one search warrant on Sunday, Officers located 64 fentanyl pills, street value of $3,520, 28 grams of heroin, valued at $28,000, and 3.5 grams of meth, valued at $700. Also located was a large amount of drug paraphernalia and other signs indicative of the distribution of narcotics, according to the Sitka Police. 
Following the search, 28-year-old Carly Fuller, 24-year-old Sierra Grenier, and 31-year-old Kale Nevers were all arrested on misconduct involving a controlled substance in the second and third degree. Fuller is being held on $150,000 bail. Grenier and Nevers are being held on $27,500 bail each. On Monday, officers executed two more search warrants. During the searches, officers located about 1,500 fentanyl pills, valued at 80,000, 21 and a half grams of meth, valued at 4,300, as well as drug paraphernalia. Washington residents Alexander Weta, 33, and Courtney Young, 32, were arrested on the charges of misconduct involving a controlled substance in the second and third degree. Wida's bail is 150000 Young's is 75000 All parties are being held at the Sitka Jail. Two Kodiak residents were arrested Friday on the alleged charge of misconduct involving a controlled substance. The Alaska State Troopers Statewide Drug Enforcement Unit and the Coast Guard Investigative Service in Kodiak concluded a portion of a several-month investigation on Friday into the trafficking of controlled substances in Kodiak. Troopers said multiple search warrants were executed involving residences and vehicles associated with the investigation. According to the dispatch, a total of about 11,457 blue M30 fentanyl pills were seized, along with 3 pounds of crystal meth, 89 grams of tar heroin, 5 handguns, and $58,000 in cash. 55-year-old Kodiak resident Mark Nason was detained in a Safeway parking lot attempting to gain access to his vehicle. A search of his vehicle showed Nason was in possession of a loaded handgun within reach, along with a large quantity of controlled substances. According to troopers, Adam Ross, 42 of Kodiak, who troopers said is a convicted felon for the sale of controlled substances, was contacted at a property located off Sawmill Circle and arrested while attempting to flee. Both were remanded to the Kodiak jail for multiple counts of misconduct involving a controlled substance. The estimated street value profit of the seized drugs, if sold in Kodiak, is about $656,000. Capital City Fire and Rescue responded to the 1200 block of Glacier Avenue early Tuesday morning after signs of smoke were coming from the building. CCFR responded at 421 yesterday. Assistant Fire Chief Ed Quino was on scene and said there were signs of smoke coming from the building. Fire department responded to the 1200 block of Glacier Avenue, which was the J&J Deli and the gym building, the two-story building. Uh, there was smoke coming from the building. There was no active fire seen from the outside. Uh, our crew went inside, and it took a while, but we found the fire was in a sauna, which was uh, contained in the building. Finding the fire took some time, according to Quino. It took us a while to find the fire because it was the sauna was in the back of the building and uh, it was pretty much contained. No other fire damage to the rest of the building, just on that certain that area where the sauna was located. And where fire marshal is investigating the uh, cause of the uh, the fire. There was nobody inside the building during the fire, and none of the firefighters were injured. Fire Marshal Dan Jager said a fire origin and cause investigation was conducted immediately following the fire. He did say the area of origin was an indoor sauna unit on the second floor, but says the exact cause for the fire is undetermined at this time. The sauna heater 
Interior light, thermostat, and electrical control unit were all seized as evidence for the investigation to help determine the cause. Jagger said it is unknown how long the businesses associated with the structure would be closed. The building was insured, as well as the tenant spaces. Damage is estimated at about $100,000. Jagger said the nature of the fire is not intentional at this time. The Juneau Police Department is currently in the process of working through several technology updates and transitioning to new computer systems, the department said in a release yesterday morning. During this time, they said not they said some non-essential reporting functions will be offline until they're reworked into the new systems. Here's Juneau Police Lieutenant Craig Campbell. Emergency services and direct reporting to JPD will not be interrupted. During this time, the following functions, such as reports, will be temporarily unavailable. Daily bulletins, online reporting, weekly warrant report, automated reports to agency partners. JPD staff is diligently working to get these functions back up and running. Our tentative timeline is Thursday, September 22nd. When these functions become available again, we do anticipate some changes in how they look or feel to our customers. Juno Police's Craig Campbell. Fairbanks Bay State Troopers responded to a report Monday of a plane needing to make an emergency landing after the craft had issues with its fuel. On Monday night at 6.54, troopers in Fairbanks received a report from the U.S. Army Air Traffic Control Unit located at Fort Rainwright of a plane having an in-flight emergency. It was reported that a plane had run out of fuel and needed to make an emergency landing on the Richardson Highway. Troopers located the plane after it made an emergency landing. A trooper investigation revealed that the pilot and lone occupant, Malcolm Martin of North Pole, had issues with his fuel that caused the engine to cease operation. Malcolm was uninjured in the landing, and the plane suffered no damage. Troopers said that after a thorough inspection by an aircraft mechanic, the plane was deemed ready for flight. Troopers closed off a section of a road later that night so the aircraft could take off. Troopers report that Malcolm and his aircraft were able to safely take off from Badger Road. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Allen.